Do all of your tales have tales? Mine too. We all enjoy a funny story, an uplifting account, or a sweet childhood memory involving animals. That's what we're sharing on this podcast. As a lifelong animal lover like you, and a professional pet and people photographer, you can imagine I have many tales to tell. Every week, I will be premiering an episode that I narrate or have a special guest join me to share their tale. This podcast goes along with the Tales with Tales Facebook group at Silverpaw Studio, so be sure to join me there too. Now enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Tales with Tales, I have two special guests, dynamic duo Wayne and Beth from Canine Companion Consulting, relaying a very sweet story of a man and his beloved dog. Enjoy today's episode. All right. Welcome to Tales with Tales. I have special guests today, Beth and Wayne from Canine Companion Consulting. You're mostly going to hear Wayne talk because he's got the tale today. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's great to be here. Yay. So I'm sure as dog trainers, you have many, many stories of your dogs and other dogs. But what do you have in mind for us today? So today's story is... It's a really heartwarming, uh, interesting one that we like because it really shows the power of thinking from the dog's perspective. Mm. So we had a client a year or so ago, an older couple, and you know, child, no children in the home, and they have, they had a Westie, an older Westie, and they adopted this six-year-old that was a breeding dog. Mm. The dog had had four litters before they adopted her. And so she was likely not well socialized. She was a little standoffish, a, a little um, timid. And but the the family just absolutely adored her, mm. just loved her wholeheartedly. And the husband, who was a man of rather tall stature, was just enamored with this dog. Mm-hmm. He, you could see the way his face lit up every time he even thought about her. Mm-hmm. But he was despondent because every time he went near her, she would try to bite him. And she would bark and growl at him. And she would chase him around the house, biting at his ankles. And he was beside himself as to why the love of his life was doing this to him. So they called us trying to figure out what was happening. So as we went to their house and observed how they behave naturally... Um, To us as trainers, it became clear fairly quickly that this was a dog that was a little bit fearful, especially at first, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting new people is a little standoffish. And that's fine. We very easily get past that. But the real issue was because the husband was so enamored with this pup, he always wanted to show his affection. Mm. Unfortunately, his method of showing affection was to scratch the dog behind the ears and ruffle its head and play with it and move it around. And as soon as we saw this, we knew right away this dog was not happy Mm. with that happening. And especially since this is a new family, new environment, he was pretty much scaring the dog. Oh, oops. So 
we did work do, do some work with the dog to try and relieve some of that initial anxiety, that initial fear, but it really became more work with the husband and mm. to help him understand how to see things from her eyes, ah. how to see what she was seeing and how she was feeling from the dog's perspective. Ah. Because he had the best of intentions. He had all of this love and affection he wanted to just pour onto her and she was having none of it mm. because she, to her, that wasn't what she was wanting right then. Got it. So essentially teaching him how to have a little restraint. Maybe he gives his love in the form of some treats occasionally and trying to keep that overt physical contact to a minimum, but trying to encourage her to initiate that contact. Mm. So maybe having a treat in his hand and he comes over, uh, she comes over to him and asks for the treat. So mm. working in that way, it really clicked with him. He mm. finally realized what he was doing was not giving her love. He was terrorizing her from, oh. from her perspective. Yeah, yeah. Once he once that light went off, he changed his habits. He changed how his his approach, and within a month or so, they were joining our agility class and they were running and playing together. And it was like it was a different dog, but more importantly, it was like it was a different man because now he knew how to give that attention, how to give that love, in a way that she would respond to. And just seeing them together was joyous. He'd call her and she'd come running to him and they would play, but he would play with her on her terms. So uh -huh. she had a blast and it was just really great to see it turning around. We actually wound up doing very little work with the dog. Uh -huh. It was more teaching the human. God. And once we taught him to see the world from her eyes, his world changed. Oh, that is such a wonderful story. And I sometimes think about that. You know, I have a very small dog. And to look up at me, I would feel like a mountain. Uh, but when you just love him so much, you get kind of overzealous, right? And that's exactly what he was doing. He was so overwhelmed. He just, she was so adorable mm -hmm. and cute. And he had another Westie. So he was already, he already loved that breed. But this girl was just adorable. Yeah. And he couldn't control himself. Aww. He was loving on her the way he was loving on his other dog, who uh, loved it entirely. I mean, she was a, such a playful pup that she soaked it up. But this new dog to the household that had a checkered background, you know, uh, backstory, um, just did not see it the same way. We're doing some work with therapy dogs right now. And so one of the exercises that sometimes the kids do is lay down on the floor and kind of look up at the ceiling and look from the dog's perspective. Small dogs are very small, and that's how they see the world. So for someone well-intentioned but standing over and trying to get this dog in a way or trying to pet this dog, it looks scary from the dog's perspective. So we always try and look at things from, from their angle. Oh, that's great advice for anyone, kids or adults. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it's not just for little dogs. It's really for all dogs. True. 
I mean, even bigger dogs, if their first impression of you is you reaching out with your hands towards their face, they don't know that you're trying to hug them or pet them. They just see this large person trying, reaching out for them. And for some dogs, that can be quite scary. Yeah. And if you heard Pitter Patter of Little Feet a moment ago, they brought their little dog to Bonnie, who's running around the room just having a grand old time. Very excited to see him. Looking for the treats. Terry ATSs. <laughs> I guess you could say that around him. <laughs> yeah, he's looking at uh, Beth really intently. You said it. Now you have to give it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, big reveal. Beth and Wayne are the trainers of my little dog and me <laughs> that I've had for a couple of months. Bailey, if you have listened to the previous season, I talked about her briefly. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. So our business, our life, our livelihood, our passion is training dogs one human at a time yeah. using positive research-based methods. So it's more about building the relationship. And like we just said with that story, teaching people to see the world through their dog's eyes to figure out what is a reward, what is an aversive, what is something that they like versus don't like. Once you see the world through their eyes, it is so much easier to understand what we are doing as humans how that affects their behaviors. We change that and that just makes the relationship grow. Uh, and that you've taught me so much already. I've just had the two sessions with my dog so far. And that just sometimes I think, oh man, she's being, you know, rude. And I have to think, no, she's being afraid. And if I really see it from her, I can go, oh, well, that would scare me too. And so the empathy factor there and we can carry on with the training in a much better place. Not that it's not hard. It's still difficult for the human side of yeah. the equation, too, and because other people don't understand, and it could be isolating, and yeah. um, it's hard having a fearful dog. Yeah. And that's, you know, we have that support group as well for pet parents with special needs pets. Yeah. And not necessarily just dogs. could be another species and it doesn't necessarily just have to be behavior it Hi, be, uh, <laughs> medical as well so. oh oh really that's the one that meets here in person right yes. okay yeah. yeah and then we have the online one too yeah the online one i'm in is the separation anxiety group mm -hmm. boy there's people in there from all over the world yeah. so that's on yes. facebook yes. um tell people how they can reach you here in the northern colorado area Variety of methods, phone 970-556-8726, email info at fococanine.com, and our website is fococanine.com. And in case we forgot to say, it's Canine Companion Consulting. If you just remember the three C's, you'll be able to find them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're at different events throughout the year. You can definitely find Beth and Wayne around. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, what a very sweet story. It's very encouraging. <laughs> I really love that part. Thank you for having yes, us. Yes, thank you. It's been, it's been fun. And Shibani, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales with Tales. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. 
If you have any feedback, send me an email at Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, at silverpawstudio.com. To see images illustrating each tale, check out my blog post at silverpawstudio.com and, of course, in the Tales with Tales Facebook group. Until the next episode, I wish you many woofs, purrs, and T-R-E-A-T-S's.